Profiles in Cinemania, Mark Hamill. Everyone's favorite typecast galactic hero turned villainous clown slash Twitter super user was born in Oakland, California in 1951. As with any military brat, Mark and his six siblings were dragged around the world in the wake of his father's naval deployments, meaning Mark's upbringing was wildly different from, say, an orphan raised by a couple of dirt farmers. That Hamill was able to play such a role so convincingly is a testament to both his acting skills and to <coughs> George Lucas's writing. <laughs> George Lucas's writing. <laughs> I just can't say that with a straight face! <laughs> Mark Hamill was drawn to drama early in life. He joined the drama club in his junior year at the U.S. Military High School in Yokohama, Japan, then majored in drama at Los Angeles City College once his family returned to California after he graduated in 1969. Hamill's talents led to some early successes. He landed a recurring spot on the highly popular soap opera General Hospital, as well as providing voices for Saturday morning cartoons like Scooby-Doo and Genie. In a strange twist of fate, Robert Englund, best known for his portrayal of Freddy Krueger in the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, shares a degree of responsibility for Hamill's break-in to feature films. Englund was auditioning for a role on the Fox lot, and realized his buddy Mark would be perfect to play the lead in this trashy, low-budge sci-fi picture that was going to go nowhere, but hey, it'd be a great leg up for the kid. If you're keeping track, yes, that's right. Hamill ended up shackled to a franchise that consigned him to decades of typecasting, partly because of a completely different actor who would himself end up shackled to a franchise that consigned him to decades of typecasting. That's Hollywood for you. And if you've realized the world is indeed smaller than any of us thinks, congratulations. You win a prize. A small prize. Mark Hamill's feature film debut was in a moderately successful sci-fi movie that came out in 1977. Yes, Ralph Bakshi's Wizards was an animated epic set in the far future, and our hero Mark Hamill voiced Sean, leader of the Knights of Stardust. A mere three months later, he would also appear in another sci-fi picture cast against a talking wheelie bin and the star of Metropolis, but which came with a big pile of doodads that got flogged to the kiddies. Hamill closed out the 70s by co-starring with Annie Potts in Corvette's Summer, fulfilled a minor role in the war movie The Big Red One, and made appearances on both Sesame Street and The Muppet Show. Turns out there's a downside to having your face plastered all over lunchboxes and action figures, though. The success of that one film featuring Duran Duran's Dustbin and Mecca Mary Poppins meant that casting directors kept turning him down. As the rejections piled up, Hamill pivoted from screen to stage, where he distinguished himself in theater shows like The Elephant Man and Amadeus. He even went out for the role of Mozart in 1984's film adaptation of Amadeus, in part because he had absolutely killed it on stage. But once again, the casting director sent him packing because they didn't want a spacefaring special boy in the role. Leonard Nimoy could have told him a thing or two about coming to terms with an iconic alter ego, and we like to imagine that he did. As a footnote to our listeners, if you decide to write slash fiction about that matchup, keep that shit to yourself. Despite his typecasting handicap, Mark Hamill still managed to land a few film roles, mostly in other sci-fi pictures. 1991 was a decent year for him. He first played a bounty hunter in the post-apocalyptic Snore Slipstream, and then a CIA agent in the film adaptation of a manga, The Giver. However, it was in the cramped confines of a sound booth where Mark Hamill would really break free. Voice acting afforded Hamill a freedom to explore his dark side in a way face acting never would have. 
he could develop a diversity of characters without having to compete against his own good looks. Speaking of good looks, well, he did indeed get into a car accident in the late 70s that broke some bones in his face. Mark himself has stated that any rumors about disfigurement are greatly exaggerated. As we understand it, his choice to crawl into a sound booth had more to do with his career being cock-blocked by a fictional space wizard wearing his face than any real damage done to it. The success of Tim Burton's 1989 Batman reignited a public interest in the DC Comics franchise, giving birth to 1992's Batman the Animated Series. Hamill auditioned for and won the role of the iconic Batman villain, the Joker, playing opposite the late Kevin Conroy's Bruce Wayne. Hamill's performance overshadowed even Jack Nicholson's portrayal of the Clown Prince of Crime. Animated adaptations of comics ended up being a rich source of work for him, and Hamill provided voices for other projects in the DC and Marvel universes, including The Flash, Spider-Man, The Incredible Hulk, Fantastic Four, and The Avengers. He relished playing villains, and his repertoire includes quite a rogues gallery, including Alan Ripberger in the 1995 LucasArts computer game Full Throttle, Chucky in the 2019 reboot of Child's Play, and Skeletor in the 2021 reboot of Masters of the Universe. The mid-1990s saw Hamill begin to lean into millennial nostalgia by taking roles that gave a nod and a wink to his doppelganger. He reprised a starfighter pilot in a series of installments of the computer game Wing Commander, and he matched laser swords with Kevin Smith's own alter ego in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. In 2016, he even went on to reprise a role that reunited him with his old sci-fi chums, Krofverick's Vacuum Cleaner and British Robocop. Although Mark Hamill may not have any Oscars to his name, he has won Emmy Awards for his voice work, including as recently as 2021 for Elena of Avalon. He has also won awards for his voice work on video games. And, as it turns out, playing a hero can rub off on a person. Mark Hamill is very active in liberal and leftist politics. He represents a variety of charities. He runs, or rather ran, a delightfully snarky Twitter feed and is considered by both fans and those who know him to be a genuinely good guy. This has been another Profile in Cinemania. This episode was written by Ethan Ireland, Andrea Palladino, and Andy Slack, and was performed by Ethan Ireland. Stock music by EpidemicSound.com. The song Hope by Magic Sword appears under license from Terrorbird Music. The Cinemania Society is a product of the Cinemania Society, LLC.